Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Somehow I Father. I'm your host, Gabriel Perez. And in this episode, I am just going to be unpacking what I've learned, what God showed me, what what happened in this pretty amazing adventure in which I was uh, actually quite broken. It, the adventure really took a toll on me. Uh, I had expectations of what I thought it would look like. It was nothing like that. I was ill-prepared. I was not ready for what was coming or what, what happened. And man, it just it hit me in so many different levels. But I came back and the Lord really just ministered to my heart and showed me uh, my purpose. And so with that, I'm going to, you know, lay into this adventure. Um, so I guess to start, it, you know, I'm a big John Eldridge fan. Also reading Becoming King by Morgan Snyder, two books I highly recommend. And um, I also have a, a group of men that I do the field guide with for Wild at Heart where we're just exploring the concepts of that book. Um, it's really about your relationship with God, healing a wound that we have in our hearts, and just finding God through adventure, through story, through exploration of everything. And I have my coffee, so you're going to have to bear with my coffee breaks here. Uh, but, so I was reading, <clears throat> so let me, let me, I don't know where to start, but some friends said, hey, we're going on a backpacking trip. Uh, who wants to come? Um, and at first I was like, that sounds cool. I think, you know, I'll think about, I think I want to do that. And then, but I wasn't too sure. I just looked into it and I was like, oh, the dates aren't really going to line up. I have to take off at work. I don't really have the equipment, you know. And they're like, oh, it might be light snow. And so I was like, yeah. Um, and then I'm reading in this field guide that you need to go out and adventure, you know find the Lord and maybe spend some time alone with him. And and then I read it also in Becoming King. A man needs to go out and spend have time in solitude. And I was like, hey, is that the Lord telling me to go out? And so I, I told the guys, yeah, I'm in. I, I think I, I want to go, but I got to figure out equipment because I have nothing. And as anyone knows, if you're going camping, it's like gear costs a lot of money. And I just at the time, we didn't really have... We have money, but not just me to go buy like a $300 backpack, then $200 sleeping bag, then, you know, the, the stuff adds up. And then there's then they said, oh, there's going to be light snowing, so maybe we can't go because it might be snowing there. Or no, they were still going, but I was like, uh, I don't know if I can go pull off a snow trip like that. My wife says, why do you want to do something like that? I said, I don't know. I feel like the Lord's calling me. It's part of the challenge and the adventure. And... You know, you always, um, always seem to be all brave and all ready to experience certain things. But we we got a price check, and honestly, there was like I was priced out. Just buying a jacket at the Bass Pro Shop was like two hundred bucks. Then you had to buy thermals, which was you know those were seemed to be expensive, and the price was like, was just adding up. And I was like, I can't do it. And then the weather report came in maybe a couple weeks later. Hey, it's not going to snow. It's actually going to be really nice. And then I, you know, I kept nagging at me. And, and so I said, you know what? I'm, 
you know, they ask me, Hey, what do we need to do to get you on this? What, what, what do you, we'll help you out. And then I just thought, okay, I'm just going to do this. Cause all of a sudden we got some money, we got our tax return. I was like, I can do this actually. And, and I don't have to worry about winter gear. You know, I can just buy some, some, you know, some reasonable price, price gear on Amazon. So I did. And, you know, found the budget stuff, you know, I, I, I bought some gear. I said, you know what? I'm just going to draw my line of sand. I'm going. I'm in. And so, you know, the adventure starts. I prepare in the worst way possible because I'm not someone who really prepares the best. So, like, I literally assembled my pack maybe two nights before we left. And, but didn't even finish it till the night before we left because I ended up getting a, a different pack at the end of the, uh, right before we left. So it's a backpacking trip to Zion. Uh, total was about going to be like 28 miles, somewhere roughly around there. And, uh, you know, supposed to be a pretty easy going trip. Some of the guys are like, oh, that's not a bad trip. It should be fine. You know, you had to find what there's a spring where you camp and find water. And, you know, it looked to be a nice trip, not, not crazy or anything like that. And, and then right before one of the guys pulls out because his wife gets this ominous feeling that something she can't put her finger on, but something bad's gonna happen, maybe, so that he he shouldn't go. Him specifically, totally freaked me and my wife out. So, but I decided, you know, my wife's like, "Well, I'm gonna let that you make the decision because you said God is calling you. So why? What can I say if God if you say God is calling you? Seriously, I, I kind of put it, I put myself in a position there to be like, okay, now if I don't go, am I disobeying God? Because I I totally felt God calling me." And I decide I still end up on going. So I get there to the to the backpack trip. We go to Zion. I pack my bag. It's pretty huge. And and there we go. And man, the ascent to Zion was like pretty intense. You know, I think it, I think the total is like six thousand elevation, but you're just climbing, 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 climbing. And, you know, we were doing that with 50 pounds of gear. And, of course, everyone's got these nice packs. I've got this pack that's pretty rugged, not the best. So one of the guys comes up and he goes, hey, can I'd like to make a suggestion for your pack if that's all right. I said, yeah, sure, whatever you got, man. And he helped me adjust my backpack, my sleeping bag, because it was hanging off my bag, dangling, hitting me in the butt as I walked. And, you know, it's fine in the beginning, but that does get old after a while. And he's like, you don't want things doing that. You got it. It's good to address your your, your pack right away because, you know, we got a journey. So, so cool. So we did it. We, we climbed. We got to the part where all the tourists are. Then we go past them. You know, we, went, we got to Angel's Crest and we kept going. And then we go down into the valley and there's, it's kind of crazy. All of a sudden you see a little ice and you're like, oh, there's a little ice here. A little snow not too bad though but it was a part where it was you're in the valley and it's kind of slippery and one guy actually slipped and fell and he luckily he fell hard and didn't slide off but one of my other buddies like got down and, and grabbed went to grab him if he did start to fall luckily he didn't fall off the mountain but it was kind of crazy and i was like dang there's ice here like when when we started the journey there was no ice. It was like super like hot. It was like 70 something degrees. Like 
We took off. We had no. We took off our sweaters. We were wearing our shirts. I mean, it was hot. or sweating, and all of a sudden you come down the valley. And it's a little cold, and it's got ice. But that's all right. That's fine. Part of the adventure. We keep going, and then we get to uh, this one high overlook. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it starts the trap the 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 trail to the western rim. And so we get there, and then we realize, and that's about maybe four and a half miles. That was some heavy elevation climbing. So, you know, at that point, you're pretty tired, but you're, you're still doing good. You're excited. I was excited. I was so fine. You know, but along the way, my back was hurting with my pack, and, and a guy comes up to me and goes, hey, maybe you should try carrying it like this, and he helped me adjust my pack, helped me to put my pack on right because it wasn't adjusted right the way I had the belt the way I had everything it was just really heavy on my neck and shoulders and I wasn't using my hips enough and I and I get there and then I have some blisters forming so the guy helps me out um and he you know he goes hey well maybe he goes here I got this stuff and honestly I don't even know how to use moleskin blister stuff so I might kind of look at it and he goes but you can see, he's like, well, maybe if you just do some of this gel on and a Band-Aid, it'll help. And he ended up um, putting on the Band-Aid and giving it to me. And at first, I felt like a little child. And that's where the John Eldridge concept we were talking about in our group is, is sometimes we feel, we, we have to feel like we, we have to prove ourselves. We have to do these things for validation. And it almost puts up a front to... Uh, a, a thing we have of just feeling like a little child, like I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not good enough to do something. And it almost made me feel like that, but he wasn't doing it in a way that was like that. He was just helping me, but it crossed my mind. And then, you know, the thought of, man, I don't know anything. I'm like a little kid here. It kind of starts to creep into my mind. So we realize once we get to that point that our campsite is not a couple miles away. Actually, it's the start of the campsites, but they're all spread out. There's like, I think we, we had the last one. And it was actually, instead of two miles, like four point something miles. And, you know, after you've traveled and gone that elevation, you're pretty beat. And then we're like, oh man, but we kind of laugh about it. We're like, oh, that's, they're like, dang, that sucks. But let's do this. And then this is where it gets interesting for me. Because when we start to climb down, and it goes on to, so it wasn't on, now we're, we didn't go on the, we were on the north side of the mountain. And the north side is not where the sun shines. So we get there and it's cold and there's some snow, like a lot more snow than what we saw before. And we're like, whoa. And so we, we start going through it and it's a little heavy because it's like you're going through the snow and you're on like kind of a, Almost like the, it's like you're on the side of the mountain. So you're kind of like constantly walking, like, like leaning towards your left because it's, it's almost sideways and there's no, you can't really see the path. The snow's pretty deep. And then, you know, that was, that was starting to get hard. Like you're going through snow and it was like, it was a point where like, because it was warmer, I guess the snow was more melty. So you take a step that you think is sturdy and you just slip right in and you sink and it's like up to your knee. And then you're like, oh, and then you fall over and you to put your hand out to catch yourself and you sink right in on your hand. And then, you know, we started dealing with that and I was like, man, this is pretty, this is pretty tough stuff. And then you got a 50, for with me, it was like a 55 pound sack, but it felt horrible because it was just totally just 
you know, the way I, I can't pack my bag like everyone else did that evenly distributes everything. So it was just like, it was rough. But, and then you get mud and you, the mud was sticky and it was goopy. I was like, man, this is, it's getting tough. And then we, we, I remember we come across some guys and they weren't, they were just hiking the whole thing or going in a circle. But he was like, hey, is there any more snow back there? And I was like, he's like, are we done with the snow? And I was, cause there was a little clearing where there wasn't snow. It was just path, which was nice. I was like, no, there's snow. And he's like, dang it. I thought about it. I was like, oh snap, there's more snow. And so we keep going and all of a sudden it just gets really snowy, really deep snow. And if it wasn't deep snow, then it was deep mud and you're just climbing. And, and at this point, my, my feet are getting blistered because your feet are sliding in your shoes as you're trying to traverse this terrain. And and we're going for, you know, miles, four miles, four and a half miles. And it's like, I run like four four miles. Three, I can run three miles in about almost like, say 26 minutes, 25 minutes. And, but when you're traversing heavy landscape like that, it's a completely different thing. And I was, I started to get broken at that point. I started to be like, what am I doing? What am I thinking? Like, how much farther is this? And every, every time you get through it, it's just another, another little hill to climb, another turn, another thing. And it was just like, it was starting to feel unending. And I was just, like, what am I thinking, man? Like, what is God showing me here? And I started asking God for help. It's like, God, help me. God, God, help give me strength to get through this. You know, and I'm, I'm still trying to remain hopeful. And I was just, honestly, I was getting beat down. I was just, the the amount of snow that we were going through and mud and just slipping and falling, like, it was just wearing on me. And then all of a sudden, like, just the doubt in my mind. I can't do this. What? I need to go back. Like this is this is not what we thought, and they didn't. They were surprised too. They didn't. They didn't expect this kind of snow. It said light snow. This was this felt like heavy snow. It wasn't actively snowing, but it was just intense, like because the conditions were still there. And I was tripping out. And I was like, and I was like, honestly, I said, screw you, John Eldridge and Morgan Snyder and your books. And they're, they're crock, because I'm not hearing anything. God's not giving me strength right now. I'm like struggling. And it came to a point where it was just, it was so long. It was so hard. We were hiking for almost seven to eight hours and sun was starting to come down. Like it was starting, the day was starting to break and I was just losing it because I didn't, I had no idea how much farther we had to go. And it just seemed so hard and every step was painful <clears throat> and I, I honestly, I could feel the tears welling up. Like I am not prepared to do this. I'm not good enough to do this. I can't do this. I need to go home. I need to get back. Like I need to see my kids, my wife, like the fear of like, this is like, this is danger. Like, like what if I just fell down in these mountains or something like that? How are we ever going to get help? How is, how is anyone ever going to find us at this point? Because we're so deep into the mountains. Like, you're screwed. And then I just started going down fear mode. And then, like, that's why that guy didn't come. Because this was dangerous. This wasn't what we expected. And and then the guy's like, hey, look, a bear print. It's like, oh, great. Now there's bears. They're going to they're gonna come kill me. And, you know, fear just starts gripping into my mind. And, and it was just me. 
The other guys, I mean, they had it, but I think that they were like, this sucks, this is not expected, but they were pulling it through. And and one of the guys, the guy who's been helping me and kind of was like really just helping me and guide me. Because, you know, we ended up splitting in two groups and it was me and him and the other two went forward. So group A was, I think we were group, uh, gr- green group because of our shirts or blue group. Team blue, that's what we were. And, you know, he'd see there, he'd see me there and he saw me struggling. And I think he really tried to, to help bring me out. He was, every time I, I caught up to him, he'd just, he'd be waiting for me. He'd be smiling. And I'd be like, why are you smiling, man? I mean, that's helpful. And I was like, thank you for your smile. It's like a, it's like a brightener to my, to my horribleness right now. And he was like, it's easier to smile. It takes less work. And, uh, He's, he's an unbeatable mind coach. And so he was sharing with me some of the stuff as we were talking and and so, and so, and so. We continue on and, you know, and a lot of this time, you know, I, I'm really falling behind. So I'm kind of like on my own. Like he's up there, but I'm still like trudging through. And, you know, it's at a point where you can't really see him. And so it's, you just feel alone. And then that's when it, and then that's when I was feeling like, man, this is hitting me. And every step, you're just trying to hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't slip. Don't fall. And you're falling. You're slipping. And uh, and I started to, to feel the tears. And I started to, to feel like I was crying. I was crying. Okay, I'll be honest. Um, not a heavy cry. It like it was like the buildup of a cry. I didn't get a full cry. But I just I was feeling defeated. And yeah, I was like, I can't do this. And then we get to camp. We finally get there and it's just like, all right, we're here. We're in the middle of nowhere. Um, literally, it's just the middle of nowhere. And we get to camp and we, we set up and my feet are freezing because of the snow that, that went into my shoes. My shoes are soaked, my socks are soaked. We set up camp and I'm just like, I could feel myself just shutting down. And, you know, then I look in my pack. I, I only brought two pairs of socks. Not, not prepared because I didn't expect heavy snow that my socks were going to be soaked. Like I was like, you know, I'll just switch between my socks, try to travel light because yeah, don't compromise on socks. But then we get there and it's like, I can't wear my new socks because I can't put them in my shoes because my shoes are wet. So I have, what do I do? Like I can't just ruin my last pair of remaining socks. And so I have to do barefoot. And luckily I had hot hands. So I like tried to use those to warm my feet up. I had to put them, um, I had to put, I had to put my sweats down and just like stand on my sweats, my old pair, because I changed into my thermals that I had. And I was just, I was shutting down. And, you know, I uh, the guy said they'd help me with the stove. You know, they're like, you don't need to bring a stove. You can use mine. And I ended up having, getting one because we got a gift from a friend. And so I brought my own. And honestly, though, like I, I was unpacking, having a hard time. And uh, the guy was like, hey, man, you need some help? I'll make your food. It's like, check it out. It's really quick. And I just like was going into like inside, man, internally in my mind. And I, I was like, you know, I was trying to rip my bag. He's like, yeah, just tear up your bag and we'll pull the water in. And, you know, he was being really cool too. And it was like super hopeful, like just hopeful, helpful. Not phased. He loves this kind of stuff. 
And like, I think I was like trying to open a bag. It was like struggling. He was like, oh, let me help you. And he's like opening my bag. And there it is again. Like, man, like I can't even open my own bag right now. This is pitiful. And it's, it's pitiful because I, I usually, I'm pretty self-sufficient for the most part. I like to be self-sufficient. I don't like to take help from others. Um, and I was just, but I was shutting down. And so then, you know, he boiled the water. I poured it in and, and we're good. And I'm just eating and I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, we gotta, I, I can't, this is horrible. My feet are freezing. I was extremely dehydrated because I didn't want to drink water because I, um, I didn't want to lose all my water because I wasn't sure of the spring source. And they're like, we have water filters, but you read the reports and they're like, oh, there's all these bacteria in the water, so be very careful. Even filters might not be the best. And one of the guys goes to spring and he gets the water and it's pretty kind of, after filtering, it's still kind of grain. <laughs> It's like, I don't want to drink that water. Like, I don't want to get sick and get whatever you get from a bacteria of a monster that grows inside of you. But, like, fear, fear, fear is setting in. And just my thoughts are taking control of me. And, you know, we were hanging out, and it was freezing cold. You know, it dropped. It was getting, like, to 20 degrees, 25 degrees at night. But you're in the high elevation of, like, 6,000 feet. And... You know, the wind's blowing. It's cold. So eventually after we eat, we hang out for a bit. I'm like, oh, guys, I got to go to bed. Like, um, I'm tapped. But in my mind, I'm like, I've checked out. And I just I just needed to be able to check out. So I get in my tent. I'm like trying to warm my toes. I put hot hands in my new socks. It's 8 o'clock. Like super early. But it's super dark. And, you know, they're like, hey, uh, make sure you hang up your bag because... You know, there's bears. We don't want the food. <laughs> you know, we all have food. And so it's like, then I'm hanging my bed. I'm like, dude, great. Like, here we are. Going to get killed by bears in the wilderness. And, you know, this is horrible. Like, you know, I, I'm, I get in my sleeping bag. It's like, you know, it was for 25 degrees, but it was freezing still. I'm still cold. I couldn't get my, I lost my sweater along the way. It fell out of my backpack. So I didn't have a sweater. I just had the jacket I bought, but it was kind of bulky jacket because it was somewhat of a winter jacket and I couldn't fit it in my sleeping bag. And so I was like, ugh. So it's just uncomfortable. Well, not not just cold. And I got hot hands in my socks. My feet are like, feel like frostbitten. I'm sure they're not. I'm sure I'm just exaggerating. But honestly, just the fear crept in and and because it, it broke me. I'll be honest, that, that that whole mountain trip kind of just that traversing all that terrain and not feeling prepared, not feeling ready for it, just really just took a toll on me and, and kind of broke me. And, and I was like, let me look in the word of God. I had a little Gideon Bible. Let me pray. I'm asking God for strength. And the whole time I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I should just be home with my family. Why, why would I even risk, like, my, you know, myself for my family's sake like you know this is horrible it's stupid it's dumb like i'm not ready for this i'm not prepared i don't you know it's because then you're wondering like what tomorrow's gonna bring like i have one pair of socks and wet shoes are they even going to dry at night you know we're trying to dry them and it's just how successful is that going to be and and then i was dehydrated like i had to start just drinking water and i was like drinking water for my sack but i was like i'm losing all my water I'm freaking out and praying and just trying to sleep and I couldn't sleep. 
couldn't sleep. It took me a couple of hours to probably fall asleep. I think I fell asleep for one hour, then woke up, was up again for another two hours, and fell asleep again. And in between, I'm just like, it's dead silence. Dead silence. Except for the wind. Except for maybe some little creatures scurrying around. And and you're, you're hearing every sound, you're analyzing it. And true silence is scary. It's scary if you don't. If you're not used to it, if you don't know about it, especially if you're like in a fear or panic mode. Um, I was just looking at, I mean, you know, my phone had batteries. So I was looking at videos and pictures of my family and just like, I just want to be with my family. I just want to get back to them. And, you know, I was just, in my mind, I was like, I got to go. I got to I gotta get out of here. I got to leave tomorrow. First thing, like, I'm going to go on my own if I have to, but I got to get out of here. I got to leave. This is, I can't, I can't do this. And I was like, I'm just going to wait. Maybe someone will come with me. Like, this is, I can't do another day. I can't, I got to leave. I can't even sleep. I can't even get out of here. I'm freezing cold. Once, once, once I hit like one or two in the morning and like the temperature really drops, then it was like, my sleeping bag was like, it was fine, I guess, because I started to warm up. But then at that point, it was not fine. I was freezing. I was like, dude, this is cold this is like miserable i can't sleep i think i woke up around 4 47 tried to go back to sleep couldn't waited for the sunrise and once i saw light i kind of looked up and i opened up the tent and it was freezing cold i was like ah oh, i'm not getting out of here i'm gonna wait till everyone gets up and then the lord spoke and this is what changed everything because all of a sudden I felt the urge to say, get up, make your coffee, get into the, get into the day. So I said, all right, I'm going to get up. I'm just going to embrace the cold. I got my jacket on. I looked at my shoes and uh, they were kind of frozen, but they weren't wet. So I was good enough to put my socks in still cold I could feel the cold but it's fine I get in my shoes get my jacket on I step outside and I just uh I go to look for water I'm like I'll go to the spring and I bring my little pot and uh couldn't find the spring but as I'm walking there I just see the beautiful sunrise and the moon still up couldn't actually see the sun, but you see the, the light that it gives across the horizon. And there was the moon still in the sky, crescent moon. And I just started crying because it was beautiful. It was God's showing me his beauty, his grace. And with that came his peace. His peace that surpassed all understanding. His peace that quieted the fearful thoughts in my mind is peace. And I and honestly it's like it's it's peace you can't describe. And I just started crying in thankfulness and in peacefulness, to be honest. I it was I you can't you can't quite explain how that hits you, but it just hits you. And it was just like make your coffee, get your water. 
And honestly, I think I always, I've been saying that Frozen song into the unknown, but there's this other song, um, if you've listened to past episodes, but do the next best thing. Where uh, a girl's like, her sister died and she's all sad and she just comes to this thought, like, I just need to do the next best thing. And not just wallow in her sorrow. You know, Olaf died. And it was, you know, I got kids. You know, I watch these movies. So, and it was just like that. Do the next best thing. Get your water. You know, don't rely on them. I wasn't going to rely on him to make my coffee or my breakfast anymore. I was going to make it myself. I was going to do my, I have my own stove. I, have, I can get water on my own. I don't need someone to hold my hand. So, you know, there's snow right there on the fresh snow. So you just, it's hard. I started to get it with the pot, but it was hard as a rock. But guess what? I got a knife on me now. Started carrying a knife after reading a book about and becoming king. You know, he talks about carrying a knife and, and just the concept of it. And I'm not going to dive into that, but I started carrying a knife. I had my knife on me. I pull it out. Some of you guys are like, oh, big whoop, big whoop. Well, you know what? It was a big one for me. So screw you if you're judging me. <laughs> it's my story. It's my it's my experience. It's my takeaway. And um, you know, I just start breaking the ice, the snow, pouring it into the into the pot, and I go and I set up my stove, start boiling water, and you know, then some of the guys actually start waking up. And you know, I make my coffee. I get more snow, I boil it, I make my breakfast, and I'm at peace. I'm good. I'm actually fine. And in that too, I also felt the purpose that God gave me. You know, I've been searching for purpose, searching for what I need to do, asking God for guidance. And very simply, my purpose was in front of me this whole time. It was my family, it was my kids. So my wife and my kids. It was leading them. It was shepherding them. It was taking care of them. It was, you know, it was, it was not in trying to be a biblical coach, trying to be a YouTuber influencer of a biblical coach, or, you know, try to do it a homeschool dad's podcast. Like it's not in any of that. It's not in trying to be the next big thing in my career, or trying to find validation in all of these different things. It's in being there with my family and leading them. Being a husband, being a father. And it's just so simple, but yet it gets so construed because we think we need to do something, at least me. I think I need to, you know, we can look to our jobs to validate us, like how much we make, that's gonna validate how important I am or what others think of me or what kind of influence you have or, you know, we're in, we're in an age where there's a lot of influencers. A lot of people wanna be someone of influence and, you know, trying to find your mark in the world and my mark in the world is my family. My mark in the world is raising my, my children up to have character and, 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 and shape, you know, by being a good father that they're able to have stable and good relationships with the people around them and with their kids, with their spouses. That's the that's life-changing work. Being a father is a life-changing work for the world because you're raising humans to go out into the world and be an example too. They get to impact the world through 
the lessons you show them through the character development that they walk through with you. That's the work. So then I found my purpose. I found what I was supposed to do. And it's not in what I've been doing. It's kind of, it's actually leaving those things behind. God may open those doors another day, but not today. And I don't know even what that would look like if he did open those doors, but that's not my focus anymore. And so this podcast I came back to because it was a place for me to actually just, I wasn't trying to sell anyone on anything. I wasn't trying to, to market anything. It was just like, hey, this is my journey and I'm sharing it with you guys. You know, first I, I think it was, but now, no. That's why I have my coffee breaks in between. And and so it was a different morning. We all talked, we laughed, and we even talked. They said, you know, some of us are like, we can go back today or tomorrow because it was, you know, no one expected that. And, you know, of course, I was ready to go. I was like, I'm good to go. Like, if, if, if we want to go back, I'll go back because I wasn't fearful anymore. It was just a decision like, yeah, I'm not really ready for this kind of trip. Water, I didn't feel, you know, I didn't have a lot of water, didn't have extra socks. So I was like, I don't want to go snowing, travailing the snow again, because they were going to do another hike and there was possible snow. Like, I don't want to wet my only pair of socks. But it wasn't fear. It wasn't fearful anymore. I could have stayed. But one of the guys was like, you know, if you want to go back, man, I'll go back with you. And and so he was like, you know, think about it. Well, I take a dump. <laughs> and we talked. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah. I'm ready. I'm I'm good to go back. I wasn't going back in fear. I was going back because like I'm ready to go back and hit that mountain again and get it done with. It's gonna suck, but I'm ready to hit it. And we did. We went back. We hit that mountain, and because just because of my thoughts, just because of the the peace, that mountain wasn't bad. It was hard. Oh yeah, it was hard, but it wasn't bad at all. We actually went a different way too, which was less snow, more mud, because now we're going on the south side facing the sun. And um, it was good. And we, you know, we trekked it, we made it, and like actually, the first time it took us like almost seven, eight hours. This time it took us, I think, a five or six. And travailed through the ice, still went through the snow, but the snow was a little hard because it was early in the morning. But um, the guy that, that came with me, um, I didn't tell him this. I was thankful for him. I told him that, and I, and I, I bought him uh, dinner when we got back. But I actually realized, because one of the things I've, I've prayed for in, in my journey and learning about God and my relationship is I've, I've always said, I just want God to give me guidance. I want God to help show me how to do things and make decisions that are right versus just trying to figure things out on my own all the time. Because that's where, that's where I feel like I've come to. I, I feel like sometimes because I miss some guidance that I kind of just figure things out on my own. I kind of just try to, and do it on my own and, and, and so often I'm failing. And I just wish I had that, that guidance of God to just say, hey, this is how we do it. Try this, do this. And that gentleman actually was an example of, of God's guidance and love and grace towards me. 
because he said, you know, he 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 was there. He was always helping me. And it wasn't like, do it this way, do it that way. It was like, hey, can I show you this? Can I do that? Or I was like, hey, man, I'll go, on, I'll go back with you. I'll go back with you. And, and it's like, I took that as the Lord's love. The Lord's love to say, he doesn't, he doesn't force anything on you. When he guides you, say, hey, can I suggest you do this? Can I help you do that? You know, the way he helped me tighten my pack so my weight was evenly distributed, the way he helped me pack my sleeping bag so it wasn't dangling, just the way he helped me with the Band-Aids and, and just him saying, hey, I'll go back with you. It's like, it felt like the Father's love of, hey, I'm walking with you. You're not alone. I'll go back with you. I'll walk with you where you need to go. There's so many things that hit me in this adventure of, of really, um, going there. There was purpose. God did tell me to go there. God did show up. God did speak to me. God did have something for me in which I thought he wasn't going to at all. And it was amazing, I got to say. Um, I'm grateful. I'm thankful to a Heavenly Father who shows up, who shows up in, in other men in your life to, to, to show you his love, to show you his character, his nature. And, you know, the funny thing is this guy, I don't think is a Christian, but he was an example of God's love. He was an example of God's guidance to me. And it was a um, remarkable journey. It was an adventure. One that um, I walked in with... Uh, not knowing anything and it having, I guess, certain expectations and thinking, and it, it completely turned around. But I'm walking away knowing the Lord that much more, knowing my purpose that much more. So, where does that leave me here? It leaves me having to let go of the pursuit of those things I was doing. I don't need to be a biblical parenting coach, I don't need to be on YouTube as an influencer. I don't need to try to gain a bunch of followers on Instagram. I just got to be a father and a husband. You follow your purpose and everything else falls into place. You follow what God has called you to do and you're faithful in that. Then that's what's important. I don't know. I don't know whatever whatever doors God will open in my life, but that's where it starts and that's where it ends. And right now, I, I just looking at that. What is my plan of action? Is to walk away from those things. This po this podcast is probably what I'll keep as my way of just going through my journey for myself too. And if other guys find value in in sharing in what I've learned and failures and and things like that, then that's awesome. But I think this is just as much for me as it is for more so for me than anyone else. And so with that, guys, if you've been on this trek for, what, going almost 40 minutes, thank you. Um, hope you got something out of it. But um, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, that's it. I'm out.